I believe that every one of us can create beautiful images, feel fulfilled and improve our well-being through photography. The Quiet Landscapes podcast explores the life and work of photographers, creatives and thought leaders through monthly conversations that will inspire you. My name is Margaret Soraya and I'm so glad that you are here. Hello and welcome. And today I have Morag and Ted, who are photographers based in Scotland and also in Italy. And they work together to form Leeming and Patterson. Now, there's a slow and thoughtful kind of immersive feeling that I get from their work. And the idea of shooting close to home is what I'm interested in chatting about today. Um, I first uh, delved a little bit deeper into their work after receiving a copy of their book, um, zero footprints, which tells a visual story of a five-year project um, where every photo was taken from the same point outside the home in the Galloway Hills. So first of all, I'll uh, maybe just get you to tell the audience a little bit about yourselves. Okay, so um, we live in the southwest of Scotland in a, a range of hills called the Southern Uplands for part of the year and part of the year we live in the Maritime Alps in Italy so just between the mountains and the sea. Uh, we both we're professional photographers uh, that kind of crosses over these days a little bit into other artistic threads and installations and doing a lot of work uh, within communities and transdisciplinary work and we shoot a lot of our work very locally, as locally as possible, uh, which I, I certainly find, you know, is it really helps my practice in terms of having an immersive experience. I find it quite hard to be inspired often if I just arrive somewhere and have to do something and leave again, whereas if I can stay somewhere for a long time and be still, that really helps me to kind of sort of express that connectedness with the landscape. Uh, yes, uh, as with Mark, we we our focus is on the outdoors. I'm I increasingly don't quite know whether I'm a photographer uh, or a walker or a cycler or a environmentalist who uses photography to express thoughts and feelings. Um, but uh, generally, what seems to have happened with our practice over the years is through both our lifestyle and our work, uh, we're focusing on what we tend to call a journey less travelled, mm. um, which is uh, more detailed explorations of the world close to home. And the more we do that, uh, the more we seem to find in and see in those locations. So um, it's been a very exciting and, and the zero footprint book that you mentioned was the probably the start of that process of of looking differently at the world around us although i i have um gone back and thought about this over the last few days since we spoke to you margaret and you you raised some of the questions that you would like to have a conversation about today and i realized that even the impressions project that we did before zero footprint was actually really a, the, the product of a lot of repetition of walking the same ground over and over again over two to three years because we were teaching ourselves that technique. It wasn't kind of a mainstream genre at that time. 
And so every day we would just go out along our same dog walk for several hours at a time, often photographing the same things over and over again in different lights, using different techniques to create those kind of atmospheric images. And so, you know, that when you look back, you suddenly realize that you've you've been building this over a very long time because that was going back um, to kind of 2006, I think. And and that that it's certainly, yeah, where I feel happiest, I think. Fantastic. That's um, that's really interesting. I think there's a couple of things there that really resonate with me, actually. Um, and that's the taking time um, to, be, to be in one place. Um, I'm a massive advocate of, of staying in one location all day if you can, um, just to really connect to, to the landscape. You, I, I think you really have to have a connection. And this is what you're saying as well, isn't it? And my, my connections are very, very strong um, to, to Scotland, although I wasn't born in Scotland. Um, I've lived here for 26 years now. Um, I, I just feel a real deep connection to um, not so much where I live, actually, which is quite bizarre, but to the Hebrides. And I think those it's those connections that make the work powerful. Um, I, I kind of, but I probably move there someday. Someday, but what I did at home was I did a, a sort of five-year project shooting Loch Ness, which is very, very close to me. And it's amazing what you unearth, isn't it? You wouldn't normally spend that much time trying waiting for that light, would you? In, in a place that, you know, sometimes it looks a bit grey, so you really have to wait for those conditions. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, was it five years that you photographed um, this project, and and were you just literally shooting from the house and can you tell me about the maybe what you were shooting with and and the the way you went about it did you just look outside and go oh it's beautiful let's go or did you consciously (laughs) consciously sit there waiting no it was the it it actually the project came about we wanted to build a a low energy house um and we were very fortunate to get a plot of land it's basically some sheep grazing hillside in the Galloway Hills in the middle of nowhere. And it's 11 acres as a, a small holding. Um, and we wanted to basically build a, a zero energy house. Um, and it was really on the back of, of doing that project. We were stood on the, uh, the concrete pad that was going to form the house um, and looking out over the Galloway Hills. And it was like we, we started thinking, is there a photography project that we could theme around um, uh, low impact? And the the what we came up with was, well, if we actually don't move from the spot, we were travellers. I've done a lot of travelling historically um, uh, all over the, the, the world. And there's a lot of a big carbon footprint associated with that. And so suddenly we thought, well, if we can reduce our our footprint to to zero by not travelling, that would be an interesting project that would fit with the the concept of the house and the ethos behind the house. So that was really what um, started it. And we we didn't think about the location that we were going to choose. We just sort of went, well, we're standing here. That's let's just use the patio, um, and and that created a, a number of issues in its own right because there was basically a a patch of green lawn directly in front of you, um, a beautiful vista, panoramic vista to look out on, but there was no foreground traditional um, 
features that a landscape photographer would use to help frame shots. So we very quickly decided that, that rather than move the shot, the, the location, we just had to work with what we had. Um, and so, it, and then we were really working with the light and the weather um, and responding to that because it was right outside the kitchen door, we'd be in the middle of, of dinner and suddenly some light would pass by and one of us would rush, get the camera, put it on the, the tripod and, and start shooting. Um, so it was really uh, uh, the, the weather, the time, the seasons that we, we started responding to and, and it just took a long time. We had no intention of creating a book or it was started off as a very personal project and just went from there. It was um, what was interesting because obviously we had this one tripod set up in one position, which meant only one of us could shoot at a time. And so there were days when the light was um, incredible for several hours at a time when some of those mists were moving through. And uh, you would have, you know, kind of one of you is out there shooting, click, 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 because you could look in every direction. It looks so different. If you, you'll see in the book, if you go through the dates carefully, there are four really different shots all taken within, I think it's half an hour of each other, just because looking down the valley versus looking up the valley, looking into the mist or looking above it, um, it, it was just the photos were just coming, you know, the presenting themselves to you. And so one of you standing outside at your time at the tripod and the other one's <laughs> tapping on the window behind you going, Come on, come on, it's my turn. Um, but, you know, we, we joint sign a lot of our work anyway to try and get past all of that kind of competition. And we found that we learn a lot quicker by um, sharing with each other in that way. But it was, um, there was definitely a few times where you, you're a bit frustrated by having chosen just one spot. Uh, right. uh, but because we've carried on as well with the project, you know, we're still doing it. Um, you know, we're a bit more flexible now in the way we work. If we want to put two cameras there, if and also because we've rewilded or assisted regeneration on the land, we've had a lot of environmental changes just ourselves here. We've got trees in front of parts of the view, so you can't actually work exactly in the same way you did before. Um, and so we're a bit more flexible now about maybe routing it to the to the land or the the area that we live in as opposed to just saying one place that we did really strictly for the first five years. That's really interesting. So am I right in saying that it was um, the initial motivation came from, originated from the environmental low impact from, from the house build rather than a, a conscious decision to say we're going to do a project shooting from, this, from one place? Mm. Absolutely. I think that, and that's a very very interesting question because I think up to that point most of my photographic work had and I come from a what I would call a traditional photographic background I'd read all the, the books that said you had to use a tripod and shoot at the golden hour and and uh, and I literally did spend a year living in a camper van traveling around taking those sorts of shots of Scotland which was, I got a lovely portfolio of, of beautiful views. Um, and then we, we got involved in the impressionistic work, um, for, for which became a three-year project for the, the two of us. But this was really the first project where it was concept-driven 
rather than developing a technique or or shooting a series of of nice views of what we were seeing um so the the images reflect something more um which was the the ethos behind the work and i think that that's something that we've probably carried on and it's become probably the central core of all the subsequent work we've done is based around our values um as as people individuals and and that's starting to manifest itself in in the types of work that we do that is actually something that I had. I don't know if I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd made some notes before this podcast. And I, I was, you know, I was research and have a look at your work and your writing. Um, but one of the things that really, really struck me, and I, um, I think this is why I feel, um, drawn or connected to your work is that I, I believe that we all have personal values in our, in our lives and, um, and the way we live our lives, basically. And when, when you can put that into your work, when that goes overlaps into your work, it, it has this powerful sort of authenticity to it. Not many people can identify those values. You know, if you say to people, what are your three core values in life? You know, I could say mine were quiet stillness and kindness probably that would be that would be mine just off the top of my head you could probably say let's let's try it <laughs> what's your three values in life? you you can definitely no, I, go first this time <laughs> i was thinking you could go first oh. <laughs> um i could i would definitely put environment um right at the top of mine front and center um uh well maybe we'll do one at a time that will help me to think <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the environment and certainly not just in a sense of climate change for me, I've become really aware of the need to kind of look at the biodiversity crisis hand in hand with climate, because we're certainly in Scotland, in some cases, we're driving towards solutions that are tackling climate as a priority over biodiversity. And I don't think that's necessarily the right way forward. So but for me as well, the, the sense of calm that you've spoken about and the connectivity, to me, that is also absolutely fundamental to sorting out the environmental issues and challenges we face, because building those connections um, and allowing people to connect with nature and also to realise what a huge mental health benefit that is, as well as physical health. Um, that they're all interlinked. And if we can just look at different ways of, of addressing things, not going back to the same thought processes that got us into a mess um, in the first place to try and get out of it and to start looking at, you know, especially when we're hearing words like the green recovery and just transitions, that is all underpinned by doing this right going forward, by building these values back in and and showing what a privilege it is and how beneficial it is to everybody to to have those green spaces and look after them so so i think you know although the values are separate they're also they're also intertwined um that's yeah that makes total sense. I think that really, actually, you just said calm, connectivity and environmental. So, you know, you put those three together. I can just see you. <laughs> that's you. That's your work, isn't it? I can, I can, I can connect to that. Um, and I think um, there's not many, there's not an awful lot of people who are as aware yet um, to be able to do that, to combine that into their work and to bring that message across. Because basically you've got this message, haven't you? And you want to, you want to bring it across and you bring it through in your photography, which is incredible. And um, it's working. It works really well. It's perfect. 
I think the one of the things that I've found is it's it's changed the the type of photos that I take. Um, I think I was when I I started out. I think I was. I, I, I know I was. I was. I was trying to impress other in photographers and take the sorts of photos I I wanted other people to like, um, and and that resulted in a, a you know I, I knew a certain number of photographers and that I I, I admired and loved their work, and so I was trying to I, I think I was trying to create work that I thought would would impress them. Um, and and I think the big change as I my career has developed is instead of trying to create work that pleases other people, um, it's it's much more about me and who I am. And if other people choose to like that work, then that's a, an added bonus. Um, and, but it, it but it very much if you look at the the work I was shooting fifteen twenty years ago and the, the 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 recent work through COVID I've had a chance to go through the last seven years and put a few new um, portfolios on on the, the website. Um, it's extremely different and very varied. Um, the the work I'm doing now. I, I, my my work can be almost anthropological, um, geographically based, rather than an, an almost documentary, rather than pictorial, in its truest sense. Yeah, I think we all go. Th- well, I think a lot of people go through that as a photographer when you're first starting out, and that's how that development and that self awareness and that losing the the need to please other people and and to to produce work that's that's um, accepted and upheld in some ways. And once you strip all that back, then you you come to your own um, style, don't you? You come to your own way of of bringing across your your what your message, and you've you've obviously come to that place so um that's wonderful to see um i did want to just ask you quickly about the i think you you partly answered it actually um when i you you joint sign your work so there isn't anything that do you not um separate who's who does that not is that not important to you at all is that is, is it something that's that you've just come to do when you're comfortable with we well it started with the impressionist work um because we did realize that right at the beginning we would sort of we are both quite competitive and there was a risk that we would keep our development to ourselves to try and win the the photo if that makes sense um and we realized actually just by sharing showing each other the progress of where we were with any given thing we were working with we would then the other one would go out and take it to the next level and bring some new ideas in, and then the baton would go back it wasn't we didn't pre-think that out it's just we realized organically that was what was happening and that we would learn so much faster and develop what we were doing you know much more holistically if we if we joint signed so we for that period we just said okay everything's joint signed I mean to be fair we know who's taken every single picture bar two I think I think there's two across our portfolios that we genuinely don't know and there was one even just recently in the zero footprint book that I'm utterly convinced I took, and I suddenly found out Ted also thinks he took it, and we'll never actually know, and that's fine. <laughs> it was in 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 the early days we were going out with a one camera. It was when digital was was really quite new, and you know you bought a uh, we had a, a a very nice camera at the time. Nowadays it would be a almost a, a throwaway camera. 
but it was it was very expensive. So we were we were sharing it, um, and and there was no textbooks or anything to or tutorials because no one had really done the impressionist work before the ICM. Um, so we were very much having to learn as we went, and so it was a different technique of learning. But we do, I think, it's fair to say that we've since the so the the zero footprint project was was very much joint signature as well. But but we have since uh, found that to explore our own attributes because we're very different mm. as individuals. Uh, and our, whilst our values are the same, our attributes as individuals are extremely different. And, and we started finding that by having to both agree um, that an image was worthy of both of our signatures, it was leading to a, a level of compromise in, in our abilities to express ourselves as photographers. So... That was a very interesting uh, discovery to have um, and, and actually freed us up to then explore as well as joint paths, which we continue to do, our own uh, uh, development as, as, and journeys as photographers. So now we, we joint sign some of our work and portfolios and then we each have uh, explorations that we're undertaking that are very much personal projects that the other is is it, it's strange because it, it we, we're not um, uh, working together but we continuously keep crossing with our our own work as well and I'll be out shooting a, a new series of work that's very personal to me and find that um, Mog actually did some very similar shots three years ago and, and vice versa. Um, it seems that, that my work used to be very romantic, I would say. Um, and, and we've almost seemed to have crossed where my work's getting darker <laughs> and, and Mog's work is getting more light and, and hopeful, in fact. Um, so that's a very interesting uh, dynamic that's developed very much. And, and I think... Uh, it, the big lesson there is don't constrain yourselves to try and keep satisfy anything either in the, inside yourself or or external um, because it does suppress your ability to progress. That's wonderful. I think that's the, I, is that the first time I've ever heard of anybody who um, joint signs. I don't I don't know I don't know anybody else that would that does that. Do you? You know, I've never thought about it before, but now you mention it. No, I'm not sure. You see the odd collaborative pieces. I'm not sure if Dalil and Scullion in Scotland, yes. who work with photography and other art forms, yeah. they may be joint sign all their work. I'm not sure. They might not I, even work in that forum where you actually sign a piece because it's a project that comes forward. I'd need to look. I remember, and it must be 20 years ago at least in London going into the Huckleberry Gallery and there was a series of landscape pieces, intimate landscape pieces by a, uh, a, a twin artists uh, working together a collaboration but that was just for a single body of work I don't know uh, of long term uh, partnerships like that yeah. I think it's really interesting, actually, when you start to think a little bit more, if you think a little deeper about it, because it's, it's almost, it, it's kind of freeing and giving, and um, it's going against the grain of a lot of photography where uh, you're, 
well, you're naturally, I suppose, you're claiming your work and you're putting your stamp on it, so that's mine. Um, so I, I just really like the concept of that. And I think it's something that if, you know, if we can learn off, you, you say you're, you're learning off each other as well all the time, then I think it's really nice. It's um, it's really interesting um, concept. So thank you for sharing that. Well, we, the, the other thing that we do is is we're finding that we're both starting exploring collaborations with other parties. We did a um, 2019, we got a uh, Creative Scotland funding um, with a third artist who was a sculptor to do uh, three residencies uh, exploring energy and climate change with respect to the, the hydro system we have that we, we literally see from, from our house. Um, and we, that was another concept-based piece of work, but it was, that was another new area that we were exploring where instead of just going out and taking work, we had to do research on the subject matter to start with. We then went out into the community and, and did a series of engagements to understand how the local people saw the hydro system and answered questions with respect to energy and climate change. And then in response to the research and the engagements, we individually went out uh, and produced separate bodies of work, which were then all displayed in, a, in an exhibition at the end. And working with uh, 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 other artists, that was really our first collaboration with, with a, a, a brilliant sculptor in, from, from Dundee. Um, but it, it really started a new way of thinking for us, um, both with respect to project work and, and how we interact and, and gather our information and thoughts that then feed into the, the project work. So, yeah, not just working together, but, but collaborations as well. And I think with the, the internet, um, well, I'll let Mob talk about a, uh, a collaboration she's working on where they're very distant from each other, but working together. Yeah, so I've been, I've kind of lost track of how long it was. It's, I think it started just before COVID, uh, doing a remote residency through Arts Territory Exchange with a very talented artist, mixed media artist, photographer, Lassie in Alaska called Katie Craney, who I'd recommend anyone to go up and uh, look her up and check out her work. And so this is based on the idea of, it, the Arts Territory Exchange links um, artists in remote working in remote areas and world, wildernesses around the world. And so having this interaction with Katie where we just talk about our own landscapes, and our sense of being there, our sense of place and sharing work on an ongoing basis that reflects and responds to each other's thoughts. And actually there as well, I, um, we've actually put some joint photographs together through blending exposures I've taken and one she's taken and you know making essentially making a multiple exposure so there's also a kind of level of joint ownership to that work and and actually through mentoring and um we've I've started doing this thing where I'm encouraging people to collaborate like that remotely because we've all we've always lived and had that thing of living remotely and not always having the same amount of um you know, kind of networks to tap into physically as photographers. Um, and now suddenly everybody lives remotely because we're all working from home. And so for us, it suddenly opened up a huge world and an opportunity for collaboration that we wouldn't have had before. Um, 
So encouraging other people, seeing the benefits of the collaboration we've had ourselves and then the one I've had with Katie. I've also worked with, um, you know, street artists bringing photography into mural painting and and that kind of thing through local arts initiatives in Scotland. Um, And just, just seeing the potential for growth and how rewarding that can be and how it can improve and enhance your, your, uh, practice or progress um and projects is uh is so rewarding and i think it's something people could be exploring a lot more that's that's really wonderful as you as you were both talking there i had i having some thoughts come up and i think um i think the thing that i'd picked up about you maybe subconsciously or i don't know where it come from was, was this idea of being very open and giving and i really honestly and truly believe that the more that we uphold and uplift each other within the industry, that the, the better we can all be. Um, and I think what that works against a lot of um, some of the photographers who are a little bit more protective. Um, but I, I think that we should just, we, we're all in, in this together, aren't we? Um, and if we all shared a little bit more and helped each other a little more, then we would all rise. You know, it's not a competition, is it? I think if is if you're proud of a piece of work that you've taken, you should be very happy to allow others to go and and do better than you. I think that that is, I'm, I I love it if someone goes to a venue that that I've I've perhaps shot a piece of work at and comes back with something, and I go, I wish I'd taken that. <laughs> it's a, I find it satisfying. It's just everybody looks at the world in a different way. Um, because we're all different so uh, even if we you know we run multiple workshops have done for many years but we stand our clients on on the same spot and say take a photo and we've never once had anybody take uh, the same photo as someone else in a group and and working Mog and I out within you know often five meters of each other working on 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 projects um, I think only once in in fifteen years have we shot a near identical um, image. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that and that is because um, we're absolutely right. We we bring ourselves, don't we, to our work. Nobody can be you. And I, I really do think that um, I, I agree with you there. I take people to the places that I love. Um, I'm, I've never said that's my location. <laughs> You're not coming with me. I'm not going to share that. I want to share that with 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 other people. I want to see what they can produce. And um, I will, uh, yeah, it's that sharing, isn't it? And they will always produce something that is very, very different to me um, because of their life experiences and their their own their own values and their own view of the world. So we shouldn't be so protective, I think, about about the work. And, and, and I think that's maybe um, what I feel from this conversation. It's it's a really lovely viewpoint to have heard um, of the two of you working together and collaborating as well. I love that. I think there should be more collaborations. Um, so anyway, um, can you just tell the, the audience maybe where they can find you? So if they want to look you up after or um, do you, where you run your workshops from? Um, any links? Well, the website is www.leamingpatterson.com and we're also on Twitter at Leaming and Leaming Patterson, Instagram, Leaming Patterson, Facebook, <laughs> Leaming Patterson. You see there's a thread <laughs> running through that. 
Um, we've also got a blog which is called Wanderings of a Photographic Duo, which is woefully in need of a new blog post. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would say they're our kind of main contact points. We're always really happy for people to, to contact us by email. Um, and we weren't, we kind of do mentoring online a lot, especially now. And we, we love running one-to-one workshops with people, actually, you know, in Scotland or Italy, when you can just take somebody and spend that real time with them and, you know, really just go to a place and let them stand in a river for three hours photographing just one thing, you know, because I think that's the thing a lot of people miss, isn't it, is that the actual time of, of trying to get each shot. Um but, you know, we do we do do group workshops as well. If a group gets together and says, oh, could you just could you do a day with us or a couple of days or a week? You know, and then we tailor it exactly to what those people want. Um, yeah, I think that's probably all our contact details. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for both joining me today. Um, and this episode will be out in a, a few weeks time. So look forward to it. Um, and thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you having us. Thank you all for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and review it. And I'll see you on the next episode.